Welcome back to episode 14. In this episode, we talk pre-rut, rut, and post-rut. We talk a little bit about shed hunting. Trapper gives his tips on rattling techniques, and he even makes a couple grunting noises for us as an example. So sit back and enjoy. everybody welcome back to traps lodge welcome back everybody how's everybody out there hope everybody's good today we're going to talk about whitetail season Mm -hmm. and we're going to kind of break it up into three phases beginning middle and end and you've got some different tips and things to look out for basically through each as the season progresses right through correct yeah just the deer to start to behave differently as the fall and winter come on Perfect. So let's start. Um, I know we had opening weekend a while back. So let's start if we're hunting at the very beginning of whitetail season, how that might look different, what type of different deer you might see, their actions. So we did an article for Texas Outback. Texas Outback magazine. And that's our second article. And it kind of covers all of this. And basically how those deer change as the seasons change. And the bucks coming out of velvet normally are still in bachelor groups, and then they start to slowly break up and, you know, become getting their single routines. But they're still really kind of setting their ways and their feed routines, and they're still coming to your cornfields or corn feeders or feed areas. And you're, they're pretty easily patterned at that, at, you know, the beginning of the season, the very beginning of, of the Texas season anyway, especially like in bow season, definitely. They're, I call them bucket heads. And then now there's some bucks that are older, wiser, and they'll just be completely nocturnal. And you hardly ever even see those type of deer on game camera or coming to a feed ground. But you can definitely pattern those early season bucks to, to their feed grounds and to their routines, either on game camera or just by spending time in the blind. You, they kind of come, come every time either the feeder goes off or they have a routine going out on a field to, to feed or whatever that case may be. So those are the easiest um, bucks to hunt normally. Okay, so you said sometimes the bigger bucks will stay kind of nocturnal or hidden. Does that mean that you can't get a big buck no, in the first no, of the no, season? No, that's okay. not what I said. Some of the big bucks are nocturnal because they, deer have personalities just like humans. Some of those mature bucks become bucket heads and they don't care. But there's other mature bucks that, they just get wise and smart and they will become completely nocturnal until the rut, the rut hits. Okay. So what, um, give us kind of a time frame. How many weeks are we talking into the season? Like eight weeks, couple no, months? Well, once you get through, so our bow season starts October and then MLD starts October. So once you get into like second week of November is about where we're at now. A lot of that starts to change and you can start seeing the pre-rut hit and that's kind of little bucks chalston does and the bigger bucks start to change their patterns a little bit and usually after like the first cold front normally our rut's not till about thanksgiving but this year it seems to be a kicking off a little bit earlier oh, okay and so what causes that weather or just just weather uh barometric pressure and you can almost feel it um you can it's almost like you can feel fall coming you can smell it in the air and you can just watch those deer and how they're acting and just by being out there and spending the time you can just see the the, the changes and 
you know, driving down the road, you can look out in the field and start seeing bucks chasing does out across the, the, the fields. And uh, a lot of bucks get this time of year, get hit on the highway from chasing does um, back and forth across the highway. So explain to me um, how hunting is different during the rut than it is maybe at the beginning of the season or during bow season. What does a hunter have to do differently? I think as a hunter, you need to, to spend a lot more time uh, being more patient. A lot of those big bucks get, get hunted or killed in the, during the rut from 10 o'clock in the morning to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. If they're not coming into feed grounds, you might sit in that, that stand a little bit longer even though like all the feed's gone, there's nothing moving. Nine thirty, ten o'clock. A lot of times, those bucks will start moving through there, checking scent and checking their scrapes or making scrapes. Also, getting into the blind a little bit earlier also helps. And 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 then take your time getting back to the camp house. Go go check your fence lines and stuff like like just like, how do I explain this? A buck was, will act like a cut horse. He's trying to cut that doe and just keep working her until he kind of gets her pinned down. Oftentimes it's a, a, on a fence row or on a tree line. And you can drive you know, drive your roads and, and you'll find those bucks moving those does. Or if they're just standing in the trees, there's a doe laying down there that he's waiting to stand for her to stand up. And it's crazy to think that in the wild, a mature whitetail buck only is able to breed about three three mature does and everybody thinks the big bucks do all the breeding those little bucks slip in there and and get does when those big bucks aren't looking or they're occupied with a with another another doe that's an estrus okay so it sounds like in the middle like during the rut you're you're kind of doing things that you normally wouldn't do in hopes of seeing deer out of their routine routine right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. That makes perfect sense, though. I know a lot of people that have, you know, shot deer or something at odd times like that because mm-hmm. you wouldn't think ten to two would be not, prime not, hunting time. Yeah, it's not your <laughs> optimal optimal feeding feeding time or hunting time. And then you can rattle during the rut, and this only works on certain days, particular days, when the barometric pressure is just right. The dozer full swing and the bucks are just going crazy and you can rattle i like to try to find a a semi-open area not just completely open where i can see 365 360 degrees and have some cover in there so you can see what's coming and going and a lot of times when you're rattling those young bucks will be the first ones to show up and when it's hot, it's hot. And when it's not, it's just not. It just doesn't work. So you can start out with a light rattle, just kind of barely tinking those those antlers together. You have to imagine like how a fight starts between two bucks. And then they get more aggressive as they go. Although I've seen bucks like crossing each other's paths and just wham, lock up and just, just go to fighting. And remember, you have to imagine in your head as that fight's happening, it's just not, it's not a nonstop rattling match they'll back off they'll kind of strut around one will chase the other one they'll come back they'll re-hit they'll push each other they'll grunt and wheeze and break brush and there's a lot of dust flying uh, a fight doesn't really last a, a super long time it's normally 
kind of done and over with within 15 or 20 minutes, mostly less than that. So I try to not rattle for more than an hour in one spot. Normally I, I take my time and, and do like maybe 30 minute intervals, 20, 30 minute intervals, move maybe a couple hundred yards one way or another, try it again. If it's not really working that area, pick up and move off like a mile or half a mile because your sound's going to only carry so far. And it's, it's best if you have a partner with you so one guy can rattle and the other guy's really the hunter. So And you kind of back-to-back so you can kind of see what's coming both way, all, all the way around you. So let me ask you this. Do you have any crazy stories about any times that you were rattling that, like, deer got really close or and just anything crazy? When I was little, I was with my brother and my dad, and we were he was rattling. We were in Rock Springs at the Taylor Ranch. And there's some broken kind of cedar and stuff like that. Not super thick there. And we got in this kind of tucked in a short cedar bush. And it was maybe a oh, waist high or maybe a little higher. And we're all kind of cuddled up in that middle of this broken cedar. There's a few little small scrub cedars. And my dad was rattling and doing all this. And literally a buck jumped right and landed right in the middle of all three of us. And jumped out of that cedar bush and spun around and my dad rattled again that deer was just sitting there staring at us like he didn't even care that there was humans there and he could see my brother and i playing his day and he was just looking for the fight and wanting to get in get in on it you know that's crazy i knew you'd have some story of a crazy story for pretty much everything so <laughs> so um let me ask you this can you rattle can somebody rattle wrong like it, say they follow what you're doing and you know you can definitely rattle wrong you can use either too heavy antlers too light antlers so how do they know a lot a lot of times they'll take like a mid-weight antler and it needs to be a freshly found shed or something that you cut off a skull because it needs to have that that density of not a dried out chalky antler and then normally i take the brow tines and cut those off and smooth them out smooth them off of the dremel tool because you don't want to clash your hands together and your brow tines start hitting your thumbs. You get your, your thumbs tore up. And I try to use like an eight point set. Normally a 10 point set gets a little bit too tangled up and you can really like kind of bam, knock them together and then rattle, rattle, rattle. And just kind of keep, you, you find your rhythm and there's no perfect way. I'm not saying that there's a, a absolute way to rattle, but there's definitely some, some wrong ways to do it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so that kind of gets us through the first two thirds mm-hmm. of the season. And I might've missed this. Did you say you only rattle during the rut pretty much? Yes. Right. It's the only okay. time it's going to work. Okay. And so talk about later in the season after the rut's kind of over. I know in the article you mentioned something about a kind of a small secondary rut almost, but you what get, is it? you get a secondary rut and that's those, uh, early fawns that were born in May. They're the yearling does that'll come into a late rut or late estrus and they might breed their first season or you'll get like the year and a half year old does that are coming in late, like in December and January here. Usually after that initial major ruts over, everything's kind of recovering and it's almost like those bucks disappear for a week or two. And then you kind of, you just like, where did they go? Well, they're just laid up. They're just tired. They're recovering. They're feeding They're feeding late. And as you get like into December and mid December, those bucks start hustling feed. They're trying to get that, that fat built back up for the winter. 
they're run down they're you know they've lost a lot of body weight they don't hardly eat during the rut that's all they can think about is is those does so you can start to pattern those bucks again in late winter and if you can just get in a blind earlier there's usually the days in december are cooler because those bucks might might move earlier in the day come out and feed and then they'll go, they go lay down and then maybe feed again that night it's not always like they're going to come out last light in the evenings i've found them kind of their pattern gets kind of strange in their feeding habits but they will come back to the feed grounds they'll start putting on more weight you have to watch out for busted tines you know if you're worried about that if you're not if you're hunting a trophy animal a lot of times by that time of year you get a lot of busted up stuff they're broken brow tines broken tines it's a good time i always we we kind of missed that i like to call early a lot of guys call after the rut and when i say call that means hunting your management deer your less desirable deer that you do not want in your breeding program or in your pasture breeding these are like three-year-old plus deer that don't have brow tines or that are just a big fork it or a six point that are eight points and less or like a really junk eight point that's what we call like in the in the free range low fence and then a high fence stuff we'll call eight points and down but only at three years old and, and up i don't shoot spikes a lot of people do we don't have that luxury uh, i like to call at three all all the deer i've seen and hunted and and been in hunting camps i've only seen true two true true spikes that were five and six years old that were just big spikes anyway but getting back into that late season texas parks and wildlife put out a doe in spike season i don't agree with it i don't i say if 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 don't call spikes you're just going to not have any three-year-olds to to hunt you're not going to have any three-year-old plus deer to hunt you're going to have fewer and fewer of them at least here in the hill country we have a, a really long late fawning season so that's why we end up having a lot of those little spikes and forkies at a year and a half old but another technique i use in the rifle stand with clients is i'll, sh I'll put shooting sticks up underneath the butt of the rifle if they're making a long shot be patient make sure the, the your shots are true but just pay attention and watch those deer as they progress through the season and how they're their patterns start to change and know why they're changing and, and understand why they're changing. And, you know, a buck may show back up at the feeder that he was at back in October, all of a sudden you're like, man, he's been gone for a while and bam, he'll be there in mid December. Interesting. So, um, how can, I guess basically if you're a hunter that's going to like a lease or maybe not even a lease, but maybe just a one weekend trip, you, it's just, basically take this information and kind of try to figure out which phase they're in. Cause if they're not there, you know, every weekend or once a month, you should ask the guides, ask the owners, ask, you know, the farmer and say, Hey, you know how the deer acting and how they, what, how they pattern. And, and then also like in December, I, I start turning those corn feeders up quite a bit more to put out more, more corn right now. I'm feeding like I normally feed in December because we don't have an acorn crop at all. And normally those deer are chasing acorns this time of year. A deer won't eat what he doesn't need. So if he's if he's really hungry and chasing the feed, then you probably should feed more. It keeps your 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 deer herd healthy and keeps them coming back. Okay, so to kind of summarize, we've got three parts of whitetail season, right? We've got the beginning where deer are very patterned. You're not feeding as much as you do later in the year, and you can expect to kind of see them right at 
normal times, you would say right. normal hunting times at blinds. Correct. Okay, and then we've got the middle, which is kind of the rut. Um, things are kind of out of whack, yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better a term. crazy there for a couple of weeks anyway. And you never know where you're going to see a big one or see anything really because they're just, they're concerned about that one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rut's different uh, in South Texas. It runs a little bit later. I don't think it hits till like December. And then Mexico is almost like January, I think. All right. And then after the rut, we're in recovery mode. Um, if you're looking for a trophy, kind of keep your eye out for busted up, broken tips, that sort of thing. And then the season's over. Anything fun to do after the season? Well, the funnest thing to do is after you get through about March, most of those whitetail bucks should be shedding out late February, mid-March. And so then before, if you can get to it before the spring grass really starts to come on, it's really fun to get the family and friends out there and go shed hunting and, and pick up those sheds that bucks that you didn't see or bucks that you knew about and go find his sheds and, and kind of document them from year to year. And it's really sometimes it can be a challenge to find both sides. Uh, a lot of times I've found one side and then a year later I find the other side and it's all chalky and the squirrels have eaten on it and stuff like that. Well, it's a challenge for me to find one side <laughs> period. I want to know the secret because when I was little, we would always go shed hunting and I seem to remember I found a lot more than, and now I'm thinking that my parents put them in my path because as an adult, <laughs> I have been shed hunting multiple times. And let me tell you, I haven't been very successful. So what's the secret? Where do we look? You got to look everywhere. I've seen them in their bedding grounds. I've seen them underneath the deer feeder at the water trough on the trail. Sometimes you'll see both sheds laying one on either side of the trail. And I found one shed by a water trough. And I think I found the other shed probably over a mile away. Some I've seen deer wear one side for almost three days or four days before they'll drop it off. It's kind of crazy. I have seen that before. I have seen a guy that, or a guy, I've seen a deer that had just one like antler. An, like an Elliot off of the, what's that movie? The little cartoon? I don't know. I don't watch movies. The cartoon. That. It's a cartoon. If it's not John Wayne, I don't know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Open season. Um. Okay. So le- this is a, I don't know if you actually know the answer to this question, but I'm curious. How long will a shed kind of maintain semi-decent? I mean, they've got it. They last a long time, right? I know they get chewed on and stuff, but do it, they they it, never go it, away, do they? Yeah, they do, yeah. How, like, five I years? I don't know how long, no but idea. I've seen some sheds that are probably four or five years, not much left of them. They get chalky and stuff like that. Squirrels eat most of it. A, a really good quality shed, you want to find it within a few months, before the summer months hit, because that sun really dries them out and they start to crack. But, I mean, shoot, there's some old sheds hanging, hanging in a barn that are probably 20 years old. You know, they got moss and stuff growing on them. So that brings me to another question that I actually had when you were talking about rattling and you were talking about having fresh mm-hmm. sheds. What if you can't, what if you don't have that? Will non-fresh ones work? No, non-fresh ones will not work, and but they do make like a rattling bag. It's like plastic rods in a bag and they together like that. And when you say fresh, what, like how fresh? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, having a hard time with this. Like sheds that you like you found like within a couple of weeks after they were dropped off the deer. Okay. So it's got to be like a couple of weeks to be fresh. Well, you know, before they get chalky and okay. they lose their, their sound. Okay. I was just curious what exactly. Um, you made a nice little noise there a minute ago. Can you do that again? 
So what other noise? You mentioned some grunting and some You're scraping. I am. Let's hear it. Let's hear trappers rattling I, I noises. I have to be in the moment to do this. I'm not okay. doing this on the whim. Do I need to run around like a deer? No. <laughs> I don't know. What? Just I don't know. No. Try it. Give it a try. I don't know how to bad. grunt like a white tail. They just go <laughs> and they wheeze and they push each other around. It's like dogs playing. It's deer fighting. They make funny noises and they make grunt calls, but I've never used one. Oh, okay. Yours is way better. No, definitely <laughs> not. I'm sure there's a lot of people laughing right now. Oh, well, that's what we're here for. Kind of. To help educate and laugh. <laughs> okay, so we've got through the season. We've talked about some shed hunting, which is really fun, y'all. If y'all haven't done it, um, I know my nephews, I think, definitely have more sheds in their bedroom than I have found as an adult. It's a little depressing. So anything else you want to kind of leave our listeners with going into the season? No, just practice good gun safety during rifle season. Be sure and get out there and spend the time. Take your time. Enjoy it. That's what it's all about. It's enjoying it and just have fun with it. Take your kids. If take you take kids. a kid to do something like that, I'm telling you, you will get so excited just watching the kid. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's, it's so fun. So. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode, and we will see you next week. If you don't have a kid, borrow one. Don't steal it. Just borrow one. (laughs) Good advice.